Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. Hey, hey to everybody here. Please uh, feel free to say hello in the chat box. Let us know you're out there. Let us know you can hear us. Where are you? Nice and clean. I am. I dropped off my car for some service, and I decided to to stay. I have a bit of a headache, a bit of a fever. <laughs> I'm, I'm in uh, mediocre. I'm in uh, seven out of ten. I'm a seven. <laughs> best. Oh um, man. You guys are going to get the best versions of ourselves then today because uh, I also I was I, I came home like late yesterday. I was I had the craziest travel day yesterday. I was supposed to uh, originally fly out at four forty five, and then I was like, "There's an earlier flight at twelve fifty seven. I was like, "All right, I can make it to the airport. I'll get there. I get to the gate at like twelve fifteen, something like that. And I'm like, hey, are there are there uh, more seats on the flight? The guy's like, yeah. I was like, okay, great. I'm actually on the 445. Can you put me on the 12? Uh, can you just put me on this one? He goes, he look. So this is like the, the perfect American interaction, right? It's like, are there are there seats on the flight? Yes. Uh, I'm on this flight. Can I move to this one? No, I can't do that. Why can't you do that? The flight's closed. But but people, yeah, people are boarding. The flight's closed. I'm like. But you just said that there's like no. Then they're then I'm standing there, and you know, and they're like calling people like this is your last call to get them. Like they can get on. <laughs> what is happening? I ended know. up sitting there for like hours at the airport, just killing time. And we they oh, finally man. get us on the plane. We're on the runway, and like you look to the right, and it looks like Armageddon. Everything's just like gray and dark and lightning and all this stuff, and they're like. Uh, yeah, so they closed the airport. (laughs) So now we're on a plane. So yeah, it was like sitting on the plane for two hours and figuring this out. And it was uh, just a really long day. First world problems. It's, it's, yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. I think like travel days in general are just really, really tough. But when they get like, um, Longer, so anyway, I came home. It was super late, didn't sleep. You're you're headachey and fevery. So we're in uh, we're in good good uh, form right now. You know, that is what it is. Here we are. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's not even misfortune. It's just life. You know, like so happens. I was in Mexico for my 40th birthday over the weekend with like you know 15, 16 of my favorite people. Uh, in Mexico, you always run the risk of uh, coming back with a queasy stomach and some some fun things. I really told myself this time, I'm like, you're not going to get me, Mexico. Not this time. Got me. Got me. I'm having, I'm having the things. So it's all good. You know, worth still worthwhile experience. And it was an awesome weekend. And 
life happens, you know, even with travel days, even when I travel by myself, I love it with a family way more stressful, you know, kids and so, and all the things. So, so anytime I get to travel by myself, even if I'm delayed, I'm like, I felt, I felt really bad. Mom was, was uh, home watching the kids and I know she, she wanted me, to get yeah. home and yeah. So everything just got like pushed back. Totally. Anyway. Yeah. But we're here. Yeah. Like Jenny says, you know, at, at the very least it's, it's, we're here. And, and I think to guy's point, it, it is really interesting. It's like those things normally, and I see, cause like I sat at the airport for quite some time, um, you can kind of see the, the way that uh, people are at airports, right. And like how they're dealing with the chaos and like what it brings out. So it's either like people just get very, angry and upset um other people just shut down um other people just kind of like go with the flow so it was it was interesting to just even see humans being humans and like how everyone's interacting with it but it was so funny when you know i think the thing that upsets me or it triggers me is when like people can't think outside of a box and it's like this is the only way and you're like, yeah, but if we actually take a step back and think about things more logically and, and look at the situation, maybe we can see some other solutions. And they're like, no, this is the only thing that I can see. So uh, it was just really funny to to witness a human doing that. But in even in this in the face of that, there was a woman standing there who was getting on the earlier flight, but didn't have a credit card, and they wouldn't take cash for her bag. She needed to pay ninety nine dollars for her bag, and they wouldn't take her cash. So she comes to me and she's like, hey, will you use my credit card? Will you be able to pay with a credit card and I'll 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 give you the money? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So oh, it's cool. good. like even in the midst of like all this. And then I looked at it's I'm paying to the same guy that just told me like you can't get on this flight and I'm looking at him. And I figured maybe after I did a good deed, I was like, is there any way? He's like, no. No. <laughs> I'm sure there's some role they have as always very, very American, like you said. I, uh, is it strange to anybody else that we're now living in a world where people can reject cash so you can have something that used to be attributed as value and you can hand somebody and they're like, it has no value to us anymore. Yeah. Which is a little, it's a strange world to be entering because. And the know, planes too, you cannot, there's no, you can either yeah. insert your card on like their apps now, or yeah. you can pay, uh, with cards when you're there. It's a really transformative conversation we're having here. So on that note, um, and plastic and plastic. So on that note, uh, how's everyone doing? I'd love to, uh, welcome you guys in, especially those of you guys, um, who are newer to our community. Um, so if you're in, you know, if you're an MMI, if you could just write, you know, I'm in MMI, if you're uh, in level one, two, three, et cetera, just kind of let us know. So we get a, a feel for who's in the room. Thanks for listening to our seven minutes of jarbles about our life. Believe it or not, things actually happen in our lives. That's... Outside of outside of the the normal training facilities, um, when you were gone, I, I did two calls yesterday. One one with the low uh, laundry community, and uh, another level two call yesterday. And I don't know what was in the air yesterday, but they were both really super super rich calls. Um, uh, I think level two was probably one of the best solo calls I've ever run. Um, it was really really amazing. So. I'd love to also get a sense from you guys listening, like, you know, what, what brought you here? What are you working on currently? Uh, you know, what could use resolution? What could use transformation? Just kind of give us a sense of, of what's here. So we're kind of speaking into that as well. And we're all holding the intention for just creating changes and shifts and transformations in the areas of life that matter to us. Yeah. So Sally saying yesterday was up to was amazing. Still on a high today. Amazing, beautiful share, by the way, Sally, in the uh, advanced group. That was really yeah. gorgeous. I, I read that to the entire team, just so you know. By the way, like, I know you guys think, you know, you maybe write this stuff or you share and you're like, nah, you know, I want you to know that for Guy and I, a long time ago, look, uh, like anybody else, we love making money. We love having resources. We love being able to do the things and, you know, um, and we, we'd still struggled for many, many years, like with, with money. So it's not like a, a thing that, you know, um, but 
it never was the thing that drove us. And, and the thing that drives us honestly is, is impact, like making a difference. Right. And so Guy and I created this thing that we, we measure the success of our business, not necessarily by the money that we receive, but by the amount of acknowledgements that we receive. And so our goal was to get to a place where 10 times a day, we receive epic messages from clients who are having like extraordinary experiences in our community. And that's the goal. Like that's, we're still striving for that. And so every time we receive one of your messages, I want you to know that like we celebrate you as a team. Like I read Sally's thing in front of our whole group, uh, group meeting today. And we, we bask in it. Like we literally celebrate in these moments, um, more than anything else, like we celebrate that more than when someone joins MMI or level one or level two, because honestly, it's like, that's what makes us feel really good. It's like, wow, because there's so many people that are being impacted by this work that we'll probably never know. And so that's why we said, like, if we're receiving 10 messages from people who are actually raising their hand and want to share and right, it's like maybe three, four, five percent of people will ever take the time to do that. So it's like, if you're getting 10 of those a day, that means it's probably like a good hundred or so other people who are just having the same impact, but are not going to take the time to do that. So we really love to celebrate um, you guys in this community. Corey and Tobias are uh, starting their, their weekly show where they literally bring people out who are level one graduates, level two, level three graduates, participants, things like that. So um, hopefully you could be one of the, the people that come out and share your story. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's cool to have this self-generated community right now. Um, it feels really beautiful to just have you guys treat this as your own home and like really stand for it. Um, it's really fun, really, really fun. For sure. So um, just kind of looking here at the chat box as we're going along. So yeah, for, for you guys who are newer, uh, I see uh, Harmel, Jenny, Debbie, Daniel, and I know Harmel, you're not in the program yet, but if you guys uh, are just getting started, obviously you'll get to kind of get to know this work a little bit more over the next few weeks here. Um, come back, you know, next week, since this is probably your first time, like seeing the two of us live. Uh, on any call, we'd love to have you share about what's opening up around the program. Again, celebrate you guys, celebrate um, everything that that's shifting in your life. Uh, I know that we make a pretty tall promise with that program. I get I get some pretty hairy messages from people sometimes, not always, but like occasionally, people are like, "It is not possible to do what you guys are saying." I'm like, I, I receive your healthy skepticism. I would be concerned if you weren't if you were skeptical of of that because that seems so out of the norm that a person could spend a week or two in a program and like radically transform their life. Nonetheless, it happens often, yes. um, often for people because most people have never been given an opportunity to have these kind of uh, breakthrough paradigm shifting awarenesses, the access to healing work and stuff like that. And so we totally get that in the normal day to day, day world and how we people live and what they know of this world that does seem highly improbable um nonetheless i'm going to tell you again it happens often we don't can't make any specific promises on what anybody's experience is going to be uh and the reason elon and i have been doing this kind of work for 20 years i don't know coaching for 17 18 years something like that each because that was our experience we went to a three-day program of like a massive life-altering shift and have never been the same since uh, so we do make those promises and, you know, we have the, uh, the, the thousands of testimonials to back it up and videos and written and just go through any of our groups and just see what people are getting from this work. So I want you to, I'm saying that not to place an expectation on your particular experience, but to give you excitement and even a little bit of hope that there, there really is something that regardless of what your life circumstances are, that you can radically shift your perspective. You can radically shift your experience with things. You can you can heal yourself. You can heal your relationships. Uh, you can have breakthroughs in the areas of money and well-being and health and all these kind of things. And, and we, we see that kind of stuff every single day by people applying this work. So at the end of the day, 
uh, what's going to make it palpable in your life is not listening to me. Elon is not believing in anything that we say because we always say from the beginning, look, none of this stuff is true. It's just perspectives we've garnered over 20 years of, of investigate deep investigations into psychology and consciousness into healing to energetics um you know this is how we live our lives and so we're we're in the fortunate position and, and position we like to be put in to to share this work uh with people like you and like you know there really is you know there really is human technology out there that is missing for most people on this planet and if you learn it and apply it which is not very difficult this is not work that's hard to apply it's work that's very seamless to apply it's ontological in nature meaning this work kind of works on you you don't have to work so hard on it um you can see some some major major benefits in your life and you know, at least plenty of people probably here in the chat box who would uh reaffirm everything i'm saying to you so um what do you feel like digging into today you have any any specific things or do you want to just go off the, the title of the so i'll tell you kind of what what um was really quite interesting last time when i when i led this thing live and this whole conversation about uh, the difference between information, like the, the, the aspect of collecting information versus the experience of it. And um, we ended up doing like a, I think I let either like a 15 or a 20 minute sit where we just kind of sat in the experience of the energy. Uh, and I think that was really, really powerful for people, for anyone that was here, if you want to, if you want to share about that. Um I don't know. I feel like you and I, we can talk circles around all this stuff. Um, <laughs> and honestly, like, yeah, it just feels like getting on the court and, and actually feeling and doing this stuff is so much more impactful than, than what the words that we can transmit sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, for sure. I, I love sitting and doing transmissions. Um, you know, the, the title that the team put up this week was uh, Beyond Judgments and Limits. And so let's kind of maybe just start down that road. We'll see where it goes. So how many of you guys know that, like, inner judgment or personal judgment is is a real, like, a real, uh, it's trying to be cute and clever and now nothing's coming. Um just yeah. kind of like a, a like a prick in your side, you know, like it's just something that, that you live with. Um, you're not kind to yourself internally. Um, and it's really just something that you kind of wish would just at least turn down the volume at the very least. And so you find yourself in situations in life where like, hopefully at this point you see that, that the anxiety or the stress or the overwhelm that you're creating is really coming from within, right? Of course, we all have circumstances that seem like they're doing that. But at the end of the day, it's really like inner dialogue that's kind of driving driving your experience. That's the reality, right? How many of you guys can, can align to that? You know, that there's this kind of like inner judger that doesn't often say the, the kindest things to you, right? And so, you know, obviously if you're an MMI or any of our work, right, like the first thing that we want to be able to train ourselves on, and I see Debbie and Jenny chiming in, and this is great because you guys are just getting going with this program. And that's that's really like the the foundation of of a, like the first thing that you really want to recognize within yourself, and this is how we start creating spaciousness within ourselves. It's how we start um, what we call is like unmerging from the illusion that the mind creates, right? So if we want to create a little contrast here for everybody in simple speech, it's that most people on planet Earth believe that the thoughts that they're having inside their head, that that's who they are. Like that's, they're the ones having that thought. Okay. Like that's being voiced from them. That's what's real. Uh, that is how things are. There's no other way that they are. And so I just, again, I like want to, I want to kind of give you this exercise if you haven't done it with this yet. And I always think it, this is great. Like I learned this 20 years ago and still when I do it, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, like the, it's just this simple recognition that you are not the little voice inside your head. That's it. That's all you need to recognize. Okay. And the way that you do that is by noticing that you're actually the one that's listening to what we call what science called sub vocalization. It's the same voice you hear when you're reading the book, you know, when you're like inner dialogue, with the book to yourself, that's called sub vocalization. Okay. 
So if you just start listening to this, something begins to happen. So just for like a moment, take a moment here, and as a collective, we're just going to start listening to the, the chatter in our mind. And we can say this to like an inner narrator. It's like looking out the world and it's kind of narrating the events as it sees them unfurling. Okay. But what we want to recognize about this little voice is that if you, if you can listen to the voice, right? Notice how you're actually listening to the voice. Like you listen to a narrator when you're listening to an audiobook. It's kind of the same thing. And so if you're the one listening to the voice, you must not be the voice. You are the one that is now listening to the voice. So see so if you can create that contrast and distinction that I am not the voice, I am that which listens to the voice. And just see how that kind of sits with you for a moment. For a lot of people, that's a little bit of a aha uh -huh right there. And so what we're doing with this, this simple exercise is, again, we're noticing that we're not this voice, right? We are separate from. And then if we're separate from and there we're that which is listening to the voice, but just as a kind of point of curiosity here, it doesn't necessarily need an answer, but just to get experiments and to kind of enjoy the process as like a game more than anything, it's like try to locate the listener now. Okay, so locating that which listens. And so as we begin to kind of play with this, what we can recognize from even this little bit, if we, if we want to like harvest some information from here, is that there's a part of us that is aware. It's always, a, it's always awakened, right? Because this is the same part of you that when you're dreaming, sees the dream or is experiencing the dream. Again, notice with dreams, it's like you're, it's more like you're visualizing or seeing the dream. So there's like some witness that's witnessing the dream. And so there seems to be this phenomena of the witness that is witnessing all that is unfolding. And again, I'm just kind of sitting with it, watching it. Even if you like look around, it's like, okay, what's, what's witnessing? You know, I have like some plant life in front of me that seems to be swaying in the wind. Right. So for the most part, everybody on this planet is convinced that their five senses, the feedback and the information that they're giving them is that that's what reality is. Okay. Like that, there's, there's solid truth. And the reality is for, for everybody here is, and again, science would back this up today is that our brain uh, has the capacity, right? So I'll say it this way. Our, we can get about a million bits of information per second sent to our senses, okay? Our brain has the capacity to approximately process 16 of those bits of information, okay? I don't know what the math is on that, bro, but that's like... Uh, 0. 0. 0.00001. <laughs> Yeah, so that's about on a per-second basis of what's actually going on around you and what reality actually is, you're experiencing less than 99.999% of it. And yet you are merged into this mind that convinces you that you know the absolute truth of everything that's going on. Okay, that your version of reality is the solid version, it's the real version, there's no other version. When other people say other things that don't make sense to your version, they must be crazy. They must be zealous. They must not understand. They must be stupid, right? Like all the things that our brain does. And so we live in this kind of like very small cocoon of what reality can be. And at the same time, we try to convince ourselves and other people of this version of reality. And at the same time, you'll find that most people are, are suffering in their reality, are displeased and unhappy, and then still trying to convince other people to live life that way. Right, it's kind of like the, this this old adage that that's now carrying carried on from like the Great Depression era and people at that time, which is like work really hard to get a good, you know, I mean, like go to school, work really hard, get a good job, do that forever. Like that paradigm is like long gone, right? 
Like today, people go to school, they like come out of school, they know nothing. Like they have no skill set. They can't do anything in this world as far as work. Uh, there's no loyalty in the job market anymore. Um, you know, like with 401, 401ks and retirement accounts, like those things don't really work anymore. So it's like all this like stuff that's been being passed on to this generation to do is really no longer what creates success and certainly not financial freedom. You know, unfortunately, even in America, uh, we're living in a time where people are holding down two jobs and they can barely pay their bills. Right. So I'm just using that as kind of a metaphor here for, for our psychology and that if things aren't working for you, if things aren't living up to the, the potential that you think that you are, one of the ways that we want to get out of that is by being able to witness and experience what is it that our biology, what is it that our psychology is actually doing? And if we can't get at even the small space of gap where we can objectively view that, then our chances of transforming our lives are literally, in my opinion, zero or next to nothing. Okay. And so this little exercise is about giving you the start to having a, what we call a subjective witness to your mind. Okay. And MMI, a lot of that program, for those of you guys who are just getting going, is really a, a let's call it like a master's degree program in how to live life from the perspective of unmerging from the simulated reality that your mind has been creating from you and coming back more to the truth of your objective witness and then using that as a platform, a playground to generate and create the life that you want. Because truly anything that you say, anything that you think, anything that you put energy into, you can have in your life, but you can't create it from the same mind that is currently creating the life that you have right now. Okay. Is there anything you want to add about that? Uh, no, keep going. So how many of you guys just, just with that little bit, like just got maybe some kind of a hall moment or, you know, recognize something. And as Sally said, living with the voice is like living with a maniac. That's pretty much true, right? Like this little voice, uh, its contention is, is it's trying to keep you safe. That's the reality. Okay. It's not an evil voice. It's not a bad voice. It's trying to, it, it's actually playing a very pivotal role. Like if you, you know, if a car was barreling down on you, and a, the little voice didn't say jump. You would just be like, oh, I'm going to hug this fast-moving, you know, furless bear. And just get, and you would get walloped, and that would be it. Like, you, you would die. So we want to honor that there's a mechanism without, within us that its job is to try to create safety all the time. Simultaneously to that, though, based on how you grew up, the conditioning you have, uh, the trauma that you experienced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that little voice can amplify fear and anxiety and overwhelm when none, when nothing at all is happening. And, right? and I will, I'll just also say, cause I was talking to someone at the, uh, at the wedding that I was at this weekend, like <clears throat> the important thing to understand is that all of these things are actually trying to help and the way that they're like so so these parts of you get created when you're really really young right so like you're going through some sort of trauma and then something needs to be created in order to protect you from having that heartbreak or feeling abandoned or whatever it might be right and so these aspects of yourself get created and at the time that they get created they work because they work for that little being at that time. Like they, they do their job. Now you start to go on your personal development journey, right? And you begin to evolve. And the way that these aspects of yourself have communicated with you in the past that worked no longer communicate well with you, right? Like they upset you. So I have a, a had an inner critic that was very loud, always, always very loud, just like yelling at me. And now when I was younger, it was like a uh, personal trainer, you know, it was like loud in my face, but it motivated me. Like it made me work harder or run faster or do more, whatever it is. But as I got older, all that yelling didn't really inspire me, didn't really motivate me. It deflated me. And the thing that was very interesting to me to get uh, aware of is like, this part is not in a fight with me. It's not actually trying to make me feel like a piece of shit. 
it is in fact like it thinks and believes that it is doing the best thing for you. It wants you to be successful and it wants you to win or whatever, you know, your thing is be safe. And so when you can get that, you can actually get curious and actually start communicating with these aspects of yourself and let them know that while you are grateful for them and, uh, you know, thankful for what they've done, that where you're at in life, that way of communicating with you no longer works. And you start to create a new relationship where you actually are co-creating from where you are today, how this gets to be like what, what the new relationship looks like. Because if the part is really truly there to help and guide and assist, then Teach it how to do that now. And when you do that, it's like, instead of this fight or overcome or trying to fix or make it be quiet or whatever it is, it's like, all that stops. And you actually get to reinvent what it looks like inside of here, moment by moment by moment. And so... A lot of people do personal development because they think that they need to rid themselves of something or fix something or overcome something. I'm here to tell you, like, you can't fix, overcome any of these things. They're here forever. What you can do is you can help them evolve alongside of you, invite them into the experience and let them evolve with you. And then you have an evolved inner system, not just something that you're trying to like figure out how to keep quiet or, uh, you know, let it not bother you. And so this is a, this is unbelievably crucial to uh, master this over time. Right. And, but like, just, just the fact that you notice it is already the beginning of it, it losing its power over you. Because we're, you know, we kind of started this this topic of like moving beyond your limitations, moving beyond your judgments. It is impossible to do those things when you condition yourself to believe that that is the way things are. Okay, like I, I lived my first 19 years of my life, certainly my teenage years, like many of us, uh, depressed and suicidal, uh, very angry at the world. And now I'll just turn 40, and now I've like 20 years with this completely other paradigm of living, and so. It's an interesting time for me because, like, the amount of weight and energy that was put into developing those character styles that, my, that, you know, I was kind of conditioned into, I now have equal and opposite energy and things that I've done um, in terms of manifesting my own reality. Um, and so I know for a fact that at that time, prior to this, this insight for me, my mom, my brother, like some people around me would always tell me, like, dude, it's it's not like that. You <laughs> know, life is not that way. And I was like, you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. You know, like I I had a mountain of evidence to prove my version of reality correct. And that's kind of what we do, right? Our our mind makes an assessment about what is going on, and then for safety reasons, it has to start accumulating the evidence that that's true. So every negative event, every bad thing that happened to me, everything that didn't work out in my favor was like, see, I told you, ugh, ugh, that's just how it is, you know, and, and, and you start going that, yeah, that is the way life is. And then in the meantime, you begin generating a reality that you're not even interested in, but to your parts and to these protectors that are trying to keep you safe, it's a, it's a way to kind of keep the, the lane very narrow and work within a band of how it understands to keep things in control, like under control in some way, shape, or form. Okay. So again, to so these parts, they feel like they're doing a good job. They're like, Hey, I got this. Like, yo, we'll just, we'll just keep creating these issues in life, issues that seem handleable based on the skill sets that we've conditioned ourselves into. And then you go, well, I want a, a new job or I want to have this beautiful relationship. And the parts just keep operating the way that the parts keep operating. This is why you'll, you know, leave one job and go to another job and you see it seems like your boss is the same way or like, you know, just as uh, negative towards you as the one before or you'll get into a new relationship and 
oh, why is everyone I meet exactly the same? It's like, well, that's not really possible. They can't all be the same. So at some point, you need to recognize that the common denominator and everything that's going on in your life, there is only one common denominator, and that's you. And what's weird about the way our unconscious mind works is that it will create the same or similar circumstances and then hide it from our view to make it look like something is happening outside of ourselves. So when, we, when people talk about taking radical responsibility, this is what they mean. It's like, hey, you are literally sourcing your reality from your perspective. And these parts that have taken this job of trying to keep you safe are invested in creating the same reality or same experience because they feel like they have the skill sets to handle that reality. And so we'll unconsciously continue to loop in the very reality we're trying to get out of thinking, oh, it's happening to me. I'm not really doing anything. I'm the, the innocent victim here. And this is just kind of how life is. It transpires. It's unfair. Politics is unfair. Economics is unfair. People are unfair. And again, we're not just doing this as the, at the level of individual. We're doing this collectively as well, right? And so like social media has... <laughs> Uh, on top of everything else, you know, with all the good and all the bad that I'm sure we're all aware of, also lets you now have a, a version of reality and you can go verify that that reality exists by finding a corner of the internet that agrees with you. Or probably humans' more favorite thing is to find a corner of the internet that doesn't agree with you and then, <laughs> argue, and then argue about it to provide you with evidence that because some people are arguing against it, it must be true. Right, like that's how we feel. Oh, people think it's not true. You like you double down on it. You bury you bury the flag even deeper, and you're like, "This is it. This is how it is." And and again, it's fine if you want to do life that way. Like inherently, there is literally nothing wrong with doing it. And if you're miserable and suffering while you're doing that, it may not be your fault that you got there. I don't think it really is any any child specific fault that they received the conditioning that they got. Like they were born into a family, they were born into you know a certain uh, place on earth, uh, a certain econ uh, socioeconomic status. Like there's so much stuff that conditions a child's mind. Like nobody's at fault for where they were born, right? And we, Milan and I believe like your soul your soul chose that. Maybe you don't want to believe that, but like a, a higher intelligence aspect of you chose that particular experience to learn in this life through this human body. And that witness that we're pointing at here is the part of you that's ethereal, never dies, always will be, can't be destroyed, can't be created. And it shows this experience. So you really have an opportunity to either like get on board and learn from what is being provided in front of you on a daily basis and even learn how to love it. And I know for a lot of you guys, you've, it feels like a real, you're like really far away from a place where you can say, I love this thing that's happening to me. And you know, it takes time to, to break through some of the really deep conditioning that is systemic right now. Um, but again, talk to people in our comment box, talk to people in our community. It's absolutely possible that you can really get to a place of compassion and love for everything in your life. Because at the end of the day, people come here to change their circumstances. But what they find is a much deeper truth than that. They find that it's not about the circumstances. It's about that which is witnessing and experiencing those circumstances and has an opinion about those experiences and that opinion is where the suffering comes from. And it's not to say that you'll stop having the opinion. It's just you will be so far removed from merging with that opinion that the opinion will simply be like, like a noise that you heard for a moment and then went away. It doesn't really have an impact on you anymore. And that's really what this work was all about, is allowing for you to live within yourself and identify your inner experience, your stability, and well-being and safety to such a high degree that the elements around you, the circumstances around you, don't really have much of a hold on you anymore. And then ironically, in my personal experience, the outcome of that is that they, those circumstances begin to change very rapidly. Because what's holding those circumstances in place at the end of the day is that point of view from within. The point of view from within is what's keeping them in place. And again, like, I'm not saying this is all this stuff can happen overnight, but you can make significant headway in a very, very short period of time. Yeah. So what we're doing here is, again, is we are developing our ability to have a subjective witness to recognize that we are that which is watching. We are the thing that sits behind all of this reality. 
and is simply witnessing all these very, very advanced and very complex mechanisms that a human being is do their thing in reaction to living in a very dense world, right? And what we really want to get to is to a place where we love everything about our humanity. Yeah, even those parts, the parts that you're like, that's not a level part, the angry part, the sad part, the grieving part. Especially you know, those. Especially those. And we're telling you again, you might not, that might not happen tomorrow, but as you do this kind of work, you can start living your life from a, an extremely deep place of compassion for the self. Like today when somebody said, the, oh, uh, you're laughing at Elon's misfortunes, because I know Elon's laughing at his misfortunes. Like, I know he's not sitting there. He's not, he's not cranky about what happened. That's life. Like, what if he's reporting about what happened? But he's not like, oh, my whole day was ruined. My life was ruined. I'm never going to fly in the airplanes again. Like, you know, but you can take it there if you want to. You can get upset about the systems. Like, we could, it, it's, it, I feel the easy path is always the negative path, right? Like, how many of you guys here, I said this, in, I ask this in our groups all the time. It's like, what's the one thing human beings are really, really good at? We're super good at suffering. Yeah, we're we're professional sufferers. How many? How many? Be proud. Be proud, my sufferers. How many of you guys are just really, really good at suffering? Like you know, you have a you have a flipping PhD in suffering. You know, and it's fine. Like maybe you could find some levity about the fact that you are a professional sufferer. You know, I feel like there should be a TV show called Professional Sufferers, and they bring people on there to show how much they're suffering. Like Elena and I lived around in and around New York City for a long time. And if you want to see people suffering, just go on the New York City subway. You'll see a bunch of people sitting next to each other. And each person, what they're trying to emanate through their energetic field is that their life is harder than that person's over here. Because, of course, New York City is a very tough, you know, they say so if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere because it's such a tough city to live in. Maybe. I mean, I saw people who loved living there. It wasn't that tough for them. Right. But it's like you go on the subway and it looks like a, like a professional suffering convention. And it's like, whose life is harder? Let me look around. Oh, this person seems to have it pretty hard. Oh, but that person over there, they got a really, really tough. Ooh, he's got a frowny face. Good suffering. Good job, buddy. Suffer away. So look, so that, let's look, look just to, I'm making, I'm making a joke, a fun of it, because I don't want to make a, too much fun of it, because I know there are some really, really, really difficult circumstances out there. I'm, I'm not denying that there's some, quote, fucked up shit happening on this planet to yes. some people, right? And I think at some level, we can all relate to that. Regardless, if you've had that situation, you probably know what that might feel like or have a sense of it. And so you have an air of empathy for people who are going through some really deep suffering. So again, I understand there's some horrific things happening on this planet. So I'm, I'm taking that into account. But hopefully you're, you're, you're getting the, the, the gist of why I'm saying what I'm saying. Okay? So if we're all professional sufferers, We've all been through the PhD masterclass of suffering. Do we really need more shit to learn how to suffer better? You know, and, and I'm going to offer it this way, too. And I shared this again on L2 yesterday. I said the real edge that you and I found is not how much people can suffer, because it seems like people can take a lot more. If you like if you think you're suffering now, like we can crank that we can crank that dial and I bet you can still take it. And there's a part of you that's going to kind of enjoy that. It's called negative pleasure. You kind of enjoy it because you like being the hero at the end of the, the journey of this strong, of this hard journey who comes out the other end and be like, see, I survived that. And, and on top of that, it's conditioned into us that in society, we clap and admire people who have suffered and made it through things. And maybe there is an aspect that's admirable about that, but it's conditioned in that suffering is good and it's admirable. Work hard, grind to the bone, you know, like all this kind of, Crazy stuff. You know, do you think people have like billions of dollars just sitting there like swinging a pickaxe and they're like, oh, this hard work is really valuable for my billion dollars. Like, you know, like that's just not how they think. So the real edge that we have found is people's ability to receive support, pleasure, and bliss. Because on the same token, as good as we are at suffering, we are terrible at actually having pleasure in our lives, it seems like, for the most part. How many of you guys know that you're, you're terrible at asking for and probably even worse at receiving support? 
say yes in the chat box again. Just like, just be proud. Like, let's enjoy this shit. I fucking suck at receiving support. Woo-hoo. Look at me go. All right. At the very least, if you can, if you can reveal that to yourself, now you can do something about it. Because if you can't be honest about what's going on inside of your system, and I get it, right? Like we want to hide this stuff. It feels shameful. We feel threats. We feel like we're going to blame ourselves. Like we're punishing ourselves inside. So we don't want to say this out loud to people. But you know, for most of you guys, I'm a stranger here. Unless you're in our our community, like I'm not going to judge you. I get it. I've worked with tens of thousands of people. I know what we're doing on the inside. This is not a secret to me. I've talked to tens of thousands of people about this in my lifetime. And I can tell you across the board, what I'm sharing you with, with you right here is not a predicament that you have, is a predicament that humanity has. And so if we're that, if we already know about ourselves, we're professional sufferers who are terrible at receiving support, again, from that paradigm, what is your chance of transforming your life? Can't ask anybody for help. Even if they offered it, you wouldn't take it. You know that when you feel pleasure, maybe when things get good, you immediately start thinking about how things are going to get bad again and how something bad is going to happen to you waiting for the other shoe to fall. So then you contract yourself back to that place because it feels safer to be in that place of negativity than to be hopeful and be disappointed and have your heart broken again. Is that true or not true? Right. So again, if that's where we're at, if that's the normal as lived conditioning for most human beings on planet Earth, then it is beyond the requirement for us to have a new working model and a new working paradigm from which we can operate and assess what is it that our machinery is doing? How is it pulling me into this illusion? How is it creating this simulated reality for me, this right, the matrix? How is it creating the simulated reality for me? And I'm hook, line, and sinker buying every single word that this mind that has been conditioned towards negativity and no support, and I'm going to keep going to this thing and asking it for advice on how to live my life? That's the insanity. You guys got that? If we were to take humanity as a whole and bring it to a psychiatrist and ask what is wrong with this person, they would say they are schizophrenic because <laughs> that's how humanity operates. It's like one big schizophrenic with lots of voices in their head, listening to a lot of crazy shit and then acting from that voice and putting action into this reality based on the crazy stuff that this inner dialogue is saying. That's called schizophrenia. You guys get that? So when we come out of that mind where we can separate unmerge and come to our witness suddenly all the stuff that the mind is saying doesn't have a lot of power anymore okay it's just words that are being said and you can't quiet down this mechanism by choice by the way it doesn't work that way okay but what does happen is the more you listen to it from the witness the less power what it's saying has and eventually it just stops kind of saying it like i never thought in a million years when I was 19 years old and I got this stuff going that this would ever have one positive thing to say, right? All I had was judgments of myself, judgments of what I was doing, judgments of what I was capable of, how I'm not living up to my potential, that I shouldn't be here on this planet anymore. Nobody loves me. I'm disconnected from everybody, right? Like yada, yada, yada. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has had these thoughts. That was like pervasive, nonstop. It was like, it was so... It was such an inner, difficult inner turmoil. But after a while, you're like, why am I, why would I still be alive with this inner experience? It's so painful every day. So instead of trying to quiet the voice, what you want to do is you want to increase your awareness. By increasing your awareness, you have separation from the voice. And then the voice does what the voice does when the voice decides to do it. And you realize that's not who I am. That's just a mechanism. That is having a reaction to a certain stimulation that's around me, whether I realize whether I even was aware of that stimulation or not. Because sometimes you wake up, you know, when they say like you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Okay, why did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? What happened? 
like you didn't wake up into like, oh my God, you know, everything's bad right away. Like there, there was something stimulating the nervous system. And then the voice started turning away. So some of this stuff is coming from unconscious places or right? from places that we don't have access to in our awareness reality, but our body is still being stimulated, still having responses. And then people end up having like panic attacks because they don't have any ways to deal with this, this inner turmoil, right? Is there anything you want to add to this, bro? Nope. No. Okay. So that that to me is a, a major major step one, right? So for those of you guys who are, who are just getting in here, and for those of you guys who have been here for a while, I think it's a it's a wonderful reminder, uh, you know. And like if all you did for the next week was practice listening to this little voice inside your head, and you're really treating it like clouds, right, coming into beingness then evaporating into the ethers, then seemingly coming back up with themselves. That's really what we want to practice. For those of you guys who have the meditation practices, it takes it to the next level. Because the meditation practices go from listening to the mind to listening to, or actually feeling into, the subtle sensations in the body. Yeah, it's like a monkey mind, it's called a reptilian mind. Uh, there's just many names, right? This is like the, the very ancient part of our brain. It sits towards the back. And it, the, the reptilian brain, which is, you know, constantly looking everywhere for danger. That's, that's literally what it's trying to do. So for us to make it wrong, to try to get rid of it somehow, you're never going to do that. You want to you get to a place where you don't, you're not against it. It's like you live in such peace and harmony and compassion with it, that that's why it starts relaxing. Okay? It is looking for, like, a connection. Right, it, it needs to be soothed, so to speak, and the way that it is soothed is by someone listening to it. So if you just try to like shut it off, like I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to listen. It just speaks louder. It doesn't work that way. Everything works. Everything works exactly the same way that you do. You calm down when you're in connection, when you're in authentic, safe connection with other people. Every aspect within you is looking for the same thing. It's authentic, safe connection. Okay. And Daniel Brown, you're asking about the 28-day course. With MMI, there was an opportunity to uh, get a 28-day uh, active healing meditation practice. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. And if you are interested in that, uh, we can do that. But there's four practices over there where we show you how to get into higher states of consciousness. Because it's one thing to create an insight base, like, okay, I'm going to listen to my mind. It's another thing to go into the higher states of consciousness, locate what Michael Singer calls the seat of awareness, and then really feel and experience the, 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 the subtle sensations that are happening in the body. Because I know you guys think, for many of you guys, you think that, you think that your life and transformation is like one, one idea away. It's like this, oh, I just haven't read the right book, or I haven't watched the right video, or I haven't found the right teachers, or whatever it is. And, and there certainly is an aspect that is super important in terms of insight-based transformation. Like, whoa, I didn't realize that. Now I do. I can notice that now. That's very important. What we really want to realize, though, is that the, the, the reactions, the knee-jerk reactions that create our experience of life, that when we feel unsafe, they come forward to try to defend the system, they're actually living inside the body. We need to move beyond the definition of the mind as something that lives up here. We really need to understand it's the entire nervous system and fascial network that lives inside the body, and it's all thinking. It's all it's all thinking, it's all feeling, and they work in a little bit different ways, but we now know that you have the same specialized neurons that you have in your brain, you have them in your heart, you have them in your stomach. I'm sure we'll eventually find them all throughout the body. But right now it's like it's you know, it's it's very commonly thought in science circles that it's like the nervous system is the mind. Which means that there's actually something happening before you have a thought, before you have an idea of how to deal with life, that is actually the sensations inside the body that are triggering the thoughts. And so the first part is noticing the mind. The next part is dropping into the body. So we can notice the sensations that are occurring in the body at very, very subtle levels. And again, this is some pretty advanced training to start getting into, but this is why we have our, our ongoing work, level one, level two, level three, so that people can sit in communities to sit in, in more long-term practices where they can master learning these languages of the body. And when you start doing that, Life just takes on a completely different air. It's a lot less challenging. Uh, it's a lot less confronting, a lot less overwhelm, a lot less anxiety, more authentic connection, deep feeling, deep 
feeling of well-being and safety inside the system. And I think for, for most of us, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but this is, this is what we want. We want to live in a world where we feel safe. We want to live in a world where we feel connected. We want to live in a world where we're not judging ourselves internally. We want to live in a world where we are uh, feeling like we're living into our potential, into our promise, that we are listening to the guidance that is all around us, that we're being led to a certain degree, and that we feel in alignment with our, with our truth and our purpose. Okay? And there's so much distortion in our reality right now. And that's just part of this evolutionary process of cleaning all this stuff up so that we can evolve. Right? Like, so we're, we're, in, we're in the soup. We've been in the soup for a very long time. Soup's gotten pretty hot the last few years, no doubt. Uh, and at the same time, it's also offered the most opportunity for healing, for transformation, and for these things. And so, look, if you are on the fence about doing this work, if you are, or, you know, when you want to talk to somebody, like there's so many people in this community that are happy to open up about their personal and interpersonal experiences to let you know that, like, yeah, their life was really fucking challenging before. Here's what happened since I've done this work. And I'm going to tell you, like, regardless of this work, one of my 40 years combined between us, like, life still happens. It doesn't get perfect because our awareness is online now. All, all it allows for is to give us enough space between the circumstance happening and the, and the conditioned reaction that we would have normally had before, which was always creating more chaos and more difficulty and challenges in our life. Because on top of the circumstances, the response that you have to the circumstance that can create a lot more hardship in your life, and usually does. So if you can just have that, that bit of space, bit of gap, practices that help you downregulate your nervous system, get your system to a calm place, the system opens and becomes curious again, and then new things that have never happened before can enter your experience. All right, so I'll just remind you guys, and this will be the last thing here before we close out, is that what we call reality is like an organic mirror or an organic hologram, however you want to think of it. And that mirror is ever-changing and a perfect reflection of the energy that you're carrying inside of your system, the frequency or, out, or energy output of your body. Right? So there's a certain vibration or frequency that your body's outputting. And as long as that output signal is the same, then the mirror keeps serving up a certain version of reality. And that's not to hurt you, it's to teach you, to show you, hey, look, you haven't cleaned up this part of the mirror yet. It's still fuzzy. Right? We all know what it looks like when you're looking at a mirror that has condensation or is dirty. It's like you can't, you don't get a clear reflection. And so that's what this organic hologram is here to do, is to give you a clear reflection. So these aren't really challenges, they're really opportunities for our own evolutionary growth so that we can become the highest, best versions of ourselves. These, quote, enlightened, self-realized versions of ourselves, okay? And that's a long process for most human beings, you know, more than one lifetime. So when we start recognizing this, we start recognizing the beauty and the love that and compassion that's built into the system, that it's really here for my benefit, even if in the short run, what I'm going through is seems terrifying or painful, that doesn't obscure the fact that it's still coming from a source of love, right? I like to say that things that happen in nature can be terrifying, but nature is not, an, is not doing evil. It's just very scary for a small being to see a, a tornado in the sky or whatever it might be, right? Like, but that is not a non-loving response to something. That's just something that's necessary on our planet for its own healing and neutrality and homeostasis. And that's what weather is, right? It's like, it's this thing that keeps balance in our ecosystem. And so within you, there's also things trying to create balances in your ecosystem. Well, in your ego system. <laughs> but for that to happen, just like with, with nature, for it to heal itself, we got to stop doing what we're doing. We got to surrender and let go. And within you, it's the same thing. If you keep meddling, if you keep trying to, you know, pick up the scratches within you, it gets worse. When you learn to just sit back and watch, the body can do, the mind can do what it was designed to do, which is literally heal itself. And that's what this work is about. It's not about doing more. It's literally about doing a lot less, but doing it from the essence of your being. Okay? So that's kind of hopefully the little overview and overrun for, for our mission here and what we do. And again, like if for those of you guys who are just beginning, like what we do here that's really, really different is it's not just mindset training or personal development. Um, we, Elon and I are very fortunate to have had incredible teachers that have also told us, taught us not just the uh, growing up work, which is what kind of the mindset space is, but also the awakening work, 
which is higher states of consciousness, energy healing, things of this nature, and then how to uh, take that and turn it into something practical that deeply impacts your system revealing modalities. So that's kind of to give you the, the short of the long, which is an overview of really why we hope that you're here is really a commitment to your own self-liberation, to your own well-being and connection and to ultimately uh, you know, healing this world by each individual doing their own interpersonal work because that spills over into the collective and creates an opportunity for healing for everybody. Okay. All right, guys, we love you. Thank you for being here. If you need any information on any programs, anything like that, you can always reach out to support at satoriprime.com. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.